0: intend to keep you long tonight but i do want to say something if you have your bibles turn with me to joshua chapter 4 and verse 24 and then i want to go to verse 5 or chapter 5 verse 1 joshua 4 and 24 and then chapter 5 verse 1 says there in verse 24 that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord that it is mighty that they might fear the Lord your God forever Amen. amen and then in verse number one chapter five and it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites which were on the side of the Jordan westward and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel and until we were passed over, that their heart melted, neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight uh, just kind of a, a piggyback off of what we talked about on Sunday morning read the reason that God performs miracles I'll we'll talk to you about the reason that God performs miracles amen now we understand tonight without going into a, a theological discord that uh, discourse that the reason that First of all, and primarily, and the umbrella in which all miracles take place, uh, the reason is for, because of his love, because he loves us, amen? Because he loves us, he extends his compassion toward us, and what it causes him to desire the very best for his children uh, causes him to do miracles whenever situations circumstances things will not in the natural work out he will still step up and he will do a miracle because he loves us can somebody say amen Uh, i believe one reason why that god does miracles is so that he can advance his purpose in the earth To advance His purpose in the earth, our text describes how that God dried up the river of the Jordan, so that the children of Israel could go over onto the other side. The entire Canaan was uh, God's will for Israel. Uh, It was His plan, His desire for them to have Canaan. It was their inheritance. It was what God had promised them all along. It was theirs to inherit. It was the blessed land that flowed with milk and honey, right? It was the place of, of, of blessing. It was the place, even though that, that their destiny was living out every day, it was the fulfillment of their destiny to be in Canaan, where that the milk and the honey was flowing. Without a miracle, they would never see the, the uh, Canaan. Without a miracle, they would never come out of the wilderness. They would never come uh, experience the fullness of God and that which God intended for their lives. They had to have a miracle. And it was that time of that miracle would take place would be according to God's timing. And everything that God has, has an ordained time. It has an ordained time. It has a time to come whenever Jesus came into the earth. The Bible said, "At the fullness of time, He sent forth His Son, made of a, you know, to come into this earth." And so He He has a fullness of time. He has an ordained time for everything. He has a timetable in which He does everything. Everything that God does, He 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 creates in eternity and brings to pass in time. And so here on this timetable, God could have waited for the waters of the Jordan to recede and to go back. But the problem was, is it wasn't in the timetable. So instead of moving his timetable, he removes the water so that the water has to obey his time. And what takes place is a miracle that advances the kingdom of God. Because of that, they were able to go into the promised land and receive what God had ordained for them to have. The second reason that God would give us miracles is for us to have a testimony. Amen. Without a testimony, the world does not know that our God is a good God without a testimony our, uh, our our testimony the world doesn't know that our god is any different than Muhammad, buddha krishna right but whenever we have a testimony because you see you can you can uh, You can begin to debate with somebody who doesn't have a testimony and you can talk them out of whatever it is that they are believing. But whenever you have a testimony, there isn't nobody that can talk you out of it. Anyone that has ever accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and has a testimony of being saved, even though they may walk away from God, huh? They can nobody tell them there is not a God. Because when you have been touched by his mercy, you've been touched by his grace, and he lifts the burden of sin and sorrow and trouble off of your life, there isn't nobody that can ever tell you that there is not a God that cares and a God that loves you. Amen. And whenever you have, you know, people can say that that God doesn't heal folks anymore. But if you've ever been a recipient of his healing power... Huh? Somebody may be able to talk you out of it if you've never received healing before, but if God by his grace and his mercy has reached down and healed your body, there isn't nobody that can talk you out of our God being a healer because you have a testimony. Amen. If you've ever faced difficulty in your life, it may be a Red Sea experience where that it looked like that all hope and all avenues had been exhausted, but in a moment's time, unexplainable by the natural, that there was a supernatural intervention that took place in your life that would transform and turn the directory of your life in a brand new way. I'm telling you that there is nobody that can tell you that God does not do miracles. Because when you have experienced it for yourself, there is nobody that can make you deny it and so God do, I believe God does miracles so we can have a testimony in verse 24 he says and all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord that is mighty that they might fear the Lord your God forever God performs miracles as a testimony to demonstrate to the unbeliever That there is, that he is a supernatural God. His miracles are proof that he is the one and he is the only God. Huh? That's what differentiates God from Islam, Muhammad, or Buddha. Their God, Muhammad, can't do miracles. It's true. I've told you I know I've told you before and I don't mean to bore you with it but that's the first thing we don't get up when you go to Africa you don't go up and you, we we do two we do two messages on the same service the first message is to uh to preach to them for healing because we know that if God would grant and grace and give us mercy to see a miracle take place that we can get the whole crusade saved because they cannot deny it. Because why? Because Muhammad does not do miracles. <laughs> Amen. But whenever they see Jesus Christ and we proclaim that Jesus Christ is the healer and they see a crippled walk, blind eyes open, deaf men, uh, uh, ears unstopped and they know that person personally and they see the manifestation that took place right before their eyes, they cannot deny that this God, God Job, Jesus Christ is the one and the only God that does miracles. Amen. And so his, mir- his miracles testify that there is a God who sits in heaven and rules over this earth. His miraculous power reveals that he is holy, that he is sovereign God, who, who is the chain breaker, who is the storm walker, who is the yoke destroyer, who is the burden remover. And when we see the miracle-working power of God in our lives, we don't need to hide it. We don't need to 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 uh, talk it down. We need to testify of the goodness of our God, Amen. And so that's how we overcome is through our testimony. We don't have to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, huh? Because it is the power unto salvation. Revelation 12 and 10 tells us now uh, have, have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. How has he been hurled down? Verse 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. (laughs) That's powerful right there. Amen. They didn't love their lives to shrink from so much that they would shrink from death. They weren't afraid to tell their story. They weren't afraid to tell what God had done for them. The accusation, uh, you know, uh, is an accusation is the number one reason people say they do not come to church. The last place that person should be concerned about being judged should be the church. Because they can go anywhere and people be critical of them, be judgmental of them, and to accuse them of things perhaps they are guilty of. But we are not concerned about our guilt because we all have a past. Come on, somebody. We all have something, as I've said before, that if it were put up on this screen, would cause all of us to tip up out of here and just go onto the house and never come back. Because there's something in all of our lives lives that we're not proud of huh come on now we ain't been up in church all our lives Amen. There's something in all of our past that that could be brought up that that we would say, I'd rather not folk know all about that right there. But thank God that God has redeemed us from our past. He has washed it away and he has cast our sins as we ask him for forgiveness. He has cast it as far as the east is from the west never to be remembered against us any longer. So why is it that it keeps on coming back up if if God has washed it away if God has cast it as far as the east is from the west what is why is it that it keeps coming back up why does it keep coming back to our minds have you ever noticed it doesn't come to our minds whenever we are not trying to do anything we're just going through the motions we're going through the routines of life we're just going through the rigors of life it doesn't but the moment that you begin to rise up you say I'm going to do something more significant I'm going to change the way i'm living i'm going to do better huh i'm going i'm going to serve the lord with more intensity i'm going to 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 follow him i'm going to study his word that's the moment that that in our past comes back to us how does it come back because of the accuser the accuser brings it back now there is a there is a difference between conviction and condemnation condemnation says beat you down but conviction comes to to get you right huh and and condemnation will it'll i say it like this and I, i hope it's not offensive to anybody but but if if i can condemn you into it and and getting saved then somebody else can scare you out of it huh but whenever conviction of the Holy Spirit comes, it doesn't come to beat you down. It comes to say that, that that you can't do it on your own. You've got to get this right in your heart and it comes to transform us and push us toward Jesus not away from him so that we are willing to lay down the things that we need to lay down. Amen? That we are willing to separate ourselves from the things we need to separate ourselves from and we say that God is more important to me than the things that I'm trying to hold on to. And so the good Holy Spirit will come with his conviction and convict my heart of sin and of righteousness so that I will choose righteousness over sin. Are you walking with me? And it is my choice, Carl. God's not going to make me do anything. He's given me a a free moral agent. He's given me a will. And whenever I desire the will of righteousness more than the will of sin, then he is going to help me. The Holy Spirit's going to be that moment. He's going to become my helper. He's going to become my strength. That I can overcome that sin, that bondage, that work of the enemy. And I can walk into the righteous of God. Because his righteousness is not something that I have accomplished on my own. His righteousness is something that he has given me. Amen. And when I choose that, then I can be free in Christ Jesus. Right? And and I know that there is uh, all of these uh, uh, gospel that's going on today that's all inclusive and everybody's going to have. I'm not talking about all that mess. I'm talking about we're free from guilt. We're free from sin. We're free from condemnation. Amen. And, and nobody's beating me. Nobody's telling me you've got to go to church or you're going to go to hell. You got to pay your tithes or the devil's going to come. No, I, I'm not being accused. I'm not bringing all of those accusations. I'm doing it because I love him. Amen. I love him and because out of my love and out of the grace of God that has been revealed in my life, I want to come to the house of the Lord. I want to give the best gift that I can give. I want to reach as many people as I can reach. Why? Because I want to tell them my testimony because if God did it for me, I believe he can do it for them. Amen. And so the accuser comes, and how long does the accuser work? You know, and, and, and I'm not uh, riding no, ho- you know, no horse tonight, but how long does the accuser work? We, we've got folk today say, I'm burned out. I've, to- I've had some young guys, and I'm not saying I'm old, but I've had some young guys, you know, preach. They've been preaching four or five years, and they say, I'm burnt out. And I say, you've got to do something before you can burn out. Amen. You just got to do something before you burn out. Uh, and, and, and here's the thing is that we say, oh, we, we don't have time. We, we can't do this. And that's an excuse that we use a lot of times, not just in church, but you hear it everywhere. But how long does the devil work? Day and night. Day and night. That's how he wears you down. Day and night. Night and day. You could handle it if it just lasted a day and a night, huh? But when it comes day and night, day and night, day and night, he begins to wear on you and begins to pull at you and begins to make you feel like you're inadequate and you're insufficient and that you you begin to to real uh, begin to say well maybe maybe god doesn't love me and maybe god doesn't care and maybe 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 and begins to put those doubtful things in your heart and into your mind until you begin to think on the negative instead of the blessing he comes to accuse you But the truth of the matter is that we are guilty of what he says we have done, (laughs) right? But we have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ that has redeemed us. And so while the enemy can bring it up in our mind, he cannot bring it up to God, huh? The devil come to God about Job. And he said, have you considered my servant Job? Right? And he has a testimony. His testimony is this. He says that the, 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 accuse, the accusations come. The storms come. How many have ever been through a storm and, and you had a Job's friend It said, what are you doing wrong? (laughs) Maybe it ain't what you're doing wrong. Maybe it's what you're doing right. Huh? Because if you haven't never been under an attack, then maybe you're going the same way the devil is. Did I just say that? (laughs) Huh? Because if you're going in the different direction of your enemy, at some point there's going to be a head-on collision, right? And, and, and here Job was, he was serving God to the best of his ability. And all, even though he didn't have a Bible, he, w- he didn't have these things to, to lead him, to guide him. He was just following God out of a relationship and he didn't do everything right, but he was pursuing and seeking God. Whenever the devil would come and, and, and Jesus, God would say, well, if you considered my servant Job? And he goes through the test of his life. Amen. But his testimony was that though he slay me yet will I trust him Amen. In fact, he says, you know, this is bad, but as bad as this is, it hasn't caused me to lose my confidence in what God has done in my life. Hallelujah. And so tonight I just want to encourage somebody that may be going through some difficulties and have yet to see the miracle in your life. The storm that you're going through may not be that you've done something wrong. It may be that you've done so much. Right, That the devil has come to attack you, to try to turn you around, but have the testimony of Job and say, I'm not about to turn around. I'm not about to give in. I'm not about to give out. I'm staying the course. I'm keeping the faith because God has been good to me. I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep me against that great day. Paul said, I'm telling telling you today that we know today that he is able we've just got to tell somebody else that he's able amen it's interesting here it's the accuser of the brother and the accuser comes to and is cast down how is he cast down how how do you get rid of that aggravating spirit that wakes you up in the middle of the night and it's there Get up in the morning and the first thing, it's there. In the evening time when you're trying to rest and it is there. How do you get rid of the accuser? The Bible says that he is cast down by the blood of the lamb. Right? By the blood of the lamb. We have to understand the power of the blood in our life. That when we came to Jesus, that we didn't just go through a religious ceremony of repeating some words or saying something and then just going back to our seat. But when we did that, we came entered into a blood covenant with God, with his son, the lamb uh, that was slain from the foundations of the world that would show up in the natural in on the shore when John would say, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world and so now my my salvation and my relationship with God is not determined on my ability to stand it's determined upon God's ability to keep me standing and his power is in the blood and so even though the enemy may come and rise up against me that I can know of a certainty that the blood has covered me I can know of a certainty that no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper because of the blood of Jesus Christ I know tonight that I am just as sure for heaven as if I were already there if they if I was to drop right here right now and carry me over to the funeral home I know to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord why not because I've done everything right not because I'm so holy but because I know that I'm covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and his blood has never lost its power it keeps me by day it keeps me by night it keeps me praise God from the fiery darts of the wicked and we need in this generation need to come to a better understanding that there really is power in the blood of Jesus that whenever the enemy comes in he's not afraid of you he's not afraid of what you may say or do, but when he sees the bloodline that is placed up over your doorpost, when he sees the blood that covers your family and covers your children, he says, we done messed up and got the wrong house right here because somebody knows how to cover their children in the blood. Somebody knows to cover their life in the blood. Somebody knows how to cover their finances in the blood. And it's that blood, praise God, that the enemy is afraid of. He cannot cross the bloodline of Jesus Christ. And if we know the power that is in that blood, he may come and huff and he may puff, but he'll never tear your house down, glory to God, because the blood is greater than every work of the enemy. Amen. But this is what I want to show you tonight. And I won't keep you long, but but you would think you would think that it, it, when you study it out, and I know you could preach on the blood for a year, right, and never get to the end of it. But when when you when you understand how powerful the blood of Jesus Christ is and what it means in our life, when you, when you understand that, you would think that the blood would stand alone and be enough. But when you read this text, there's a conjunction. By the blood of the lamb and and the word of their testimony, this generation is not concerned. And listen to me; I'm not being I'm not being uh, disrespectful. I'm not being uh, uh, anything like that. But this generation is not concerned what the about the god of paul they're not concerned they could care less that jesus walked on water and and delivered the 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 uh the disciples from a storm you can tell them that story and they'll laugh and say what does that have to do with me you know what this generation wants to see they want to see the god of richard They want to see the God of Carl. They want to see the God of of Jennifer. They want to see your God. They want to see what God has done for you. And somehow we have cowered back into our religious cocoons and and we have feared the voice of, of what people may say or what people may think about us until we no longer share what God has done. But I promise you there's somebody you work with that is desperate to know the God that you serve. There's somebody in your family that wants to hear that I serve a God that delivered me from the bondage of the enemy. They want to hear your testimony that said that God has healed my body. He has put peace in my mind. You know, yeah, you don't, you think, because why? Because people think that they're the only ones that's ever gone through anything. Amen. And we, 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 and whenever trouble comes, we always isolate ourselves from everyone else. And we think we're the only ones that's ever gone through it. But whenever you begin to tell your story and say, yes, I do go to church every Sunday. Yes, I do love God. Yes, I worship on Wednesdays. But you know what? I know what it's like to go to sleep at night and a spirit of fear crawl up in that bed with me. And I can't sleep because a spirit of fear that is tormenting me. I know what it is to not be able to pay my bill. I know what it is for somebody to walk out of my life. But listen to me, there's 6 billion more people, amen, that God has. He's got somebody that's going to love me. He's got somebody that they need to hear your testimony and know that the God that you're serving is able to do it for you. Then sure enough, he will do it for them. And so we overcame by the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb does the work and the word of our, there's something about our testimony that'll shut your accuser's mouth. (laughs) Something about your testimony. Yes, the blood, the blood. Thank God for the blood. It's powerful, but it's, the blood and your testimony of what the blood has done for you that will shut up the accuser of the brethren, cause him to go back to hell, huh? And you testify of the goodness of God. And we've said here before, we've said as a church, and I'm more convinced once we took surveys here the other Sunday and, and we're getting ready to do this book and we're going to touch people uh, by God's grace. We're going to touch people that's never been touched. We're going to minister to them. Uh, but listen to me, we, we've, we, uh, we've said for a long time, the staff, we said we've got testimonies here and God's doing great things, but we have not done a good job at telling the testimony. Now I know, how many is long old enough to unremember testimony services? Amen. It, w- it, it had some good things. It had some good things because it would teach people how to tell their testimony in a safe place so they could go to work and tell it in a dangerous place. Huh? And not be afraid. It, it also had had something about it that would encourage even those in the house. Because sometimes you can be sitting right beside of a miracle and you don't even know it. You can be sitting right beside of somebody that just got answered prayer, just got a doctor's report, just got a brand new job, just got direction from the... You, you're sitting right beside of a miracle and you don't even know it. Why? Because we don't tell our testimony. Huh? Now, that there, there are some good things come out of it and there's some bad things and I won't talk about the bad things. Uh, but because some... folks would glorify the devil more than they did God amen and and it ain't about telling I refuse to talk about the devil you I I, I promise you if you do catch me but I promise you that you'll never hear me talk about the devil except in a defeated state I refuse to glorify him refuse to glorify him in any way because he is a defeated foe amen but I want to tell you, I know that there's some good and there's some negative. But here's what I'm trying to say tonight in this house. That just the folks that are here tonight. I, I'm on guess there's uh, 57 to 60 people sitting in here tonight. I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, and I'm pretty close at guessing. Uh, by the way, after pastoring six years, I'm pretty close. Amen. But listen to me. Uh, I, what I'm saying is this. is If we would just tell our testimony of what the blood has done for us because pulpit ministry can take this church only so far amen but you know what's going to cause it to explode is when you start telling what the blood of the lamb has done for you and you begin to share that testimony with somebody else amen and when you do it's going to cause a revival that'll take place i've said it before but i'll say it again uh, 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 I'll give you a hundred dollars if you can tell me one Mormon preacher right here. And yet, it's the fastest growing religion or a cult in America. How is that? Because they believe in their message, and the people are taught to share their testimony—the message that they believe, huh? Not only that, that, that's the reason why they keep knocking up on, on your door. Huh? It's not because they want to, to hear you say, I'm a Christian, and and they get into debate with you. It's because they believe in their story. They believe in their message so much that they're going to tell you if you want to hear it or not. Huh? They're gonna want you to have one of those little slips. What is it? The Tower's Watch or Watchtower? Uh, yeah, there you go. And and gonna tell you how good all of it is, right? How long has it been since you had a Christian show up at your door? I know they tell us it's out of fashion, and I know I don't. I'm not so hip on going and somebody maybe shooting at me. I can't run that fast. But but what about at work? What about in the Walmart? What about every day? How many people we pass by in a day's time that could really benefit from knowing what the blood of the lamb has done in our life? Amen. The Mormons don't have any woman thou art loose. Have you ever seen a Mormon crusade? They're just over there in that little building on Thursdays. And then they come out of that building and they invade the region with their message. It's quiet up in this church of my God. What if we would leave out of here, Jamie? Jamie? and invade our world our sphere where we work where we live with the message of the blood of the lamb and just what he's done for us you don't have to embellish it you don't even have to go into Matthew, Mark, Luke and John you can just go into Brian huh? You can just go into to, to whoever you are, your testimony. And listen, the good thing about it is you can't mess your testimony up. <laughs> huh? Ain't nobody can tell it like you can tell it. I can see I'm having more fun than y'all are tonight. But I'm telling you, you can't mess your testimony up. All you got to do is tell what God done for you. And whenever you begin to reminisce and you begin to think about that and you begin to share your faith and tell them what the blood has done for you, I promise you there are people's lives that will be changed because of your testimony. Amen. So what David did, he began to testify he, whenever he was facing his Goliath, whenever that test came, he he, he what did he do? He wretched back into his, what God had already done. And he said, the same God that delivered me from the hand of the bear and the pall of the lion is the same God that's going to deliver me from you, this Philistine, amen. amen. You see, your testimony is to build you up. Praying in the Holy Spirit will build you up. The Bible said that praying in the Spirit builds up our most holy faith right and so we we ought to be praying in the spirit every day but i'll tell you also that your testimony when you tell your testimony you need to remind the devil sometimes we need to remind ourselves but we sure enough need to remind the devil that god has been so good to us and begin to remind him amen where we were you know sometimes we just need a good dose of that remind ourselves where we were when jesus found us we weren't all of that in a bag of chips and some government cheese I can guarantee you that we were a mess we were down and out but thank God for his grace and his mercy that found us and remember where he has brought us from and that alone will give us strength to rise up and say if God brought me out of that sure enough he can bring me out of this and we remember when he provided when there was no provision we remember when we, we laid our hands upon our children and said in the wee hours of the morning God I believe believe you that you are our healer and we thank you for doctors but right here we're putting our faith and confidence in you and God would break the fever. Amen I want to tell you we need to remember the times and build a memorial that's what David said he said he had a tower of a thousand mighty men in that glory to God. We need to build a memorial, a tower before the Lord and every once in a while walk through that tower and remember when God raised us up when he brought us across that Red Sea, when he brought us through that fiery trial, when he healed our sick body, when he gave us an answer and he gave us hope and just walk ourselves through it and then drag the devil behind us. And now when we get finished, say, looky here, Mr. Devil, if you think I'm about to slow down or stop now or turn around, you done out of your mind because God has been way too good to me. And the same God that has brought me to this place it's the same God that's going to bring me to victory in this situation in my life. Don't be afraid to tell your testimony. Slap your neighbor and tell him, tell it, tell it, tell it. I heard two or three like that a little too much. It must have been a spouse. Number three, it's to bring us to a place where we fear the Lord. I'm almost done. Miracles are designed and intended to bring us to a place of reverential respect for God. They can help us, but they leave us all stricken. How long has it been since you've been all stricken by God? To a place to wonder how? How? did that happen have you ever been through anything in your life whenever you got to the other side of it and looked back you was amazed yourself that you made it through but the grace of God but the mercy of God somehow brought us through and we humble ourselves. It's it's not pride. It don't, whenever God really uses you, and I've told you this before. When God really uses you, it don't cause you to be proudful. It, it causes you to be humbled. That God would use you. That God would flow through your life somehow to see his power and his grace. When you see he performs miracles and takes us from sickness to health, amen, we have to bow our knee and say only God can do that. When we have been in poverty and he brings us into provision, we have to fall on our face and say you really are Jehovah. You are our provider. Nobody else could do this right here. And then the last thing that I believe that he gives us miracles for is to cause the heart of our enemies to fail. <laughs> Amen. Joshua 5 and 1 says, And when the enemy saw how God dried up the waters of the Jordan River, their hearts melted, and neither was their spirit in them anymore amen this great miracle caused the strength and the desire of their enemy to fail huh it caused it to crumble it caused it to fall and i I say tonight that whenever god brings us through and miracles take place in our life not only does it humble us but it causes our enemy uh, at heart to fail you see sickness and disease are enemies I said, sickness and disease are enemies. They're not our friends, they're enemies. And when God performs a miracle, He goes to the heart of these enemies and He causes it to fail and to melt. When cancer has a hold of somebody's body and the heart of cancer fails, when God releases a miracle power in their lives that causes those rebellious cells to be loosened and go from their body, amen, it causes the spirit of cancer's heart to fail that says, I can't contain them any longer, amen. When poverty and lack is an enemy and when finances are locked up, amen, the jaws of the enemy, Enemy have to come off of us when the God that supplies all of our needs according to His riches and glory somehow brings provision into our life anyhow. <laughs> Hallelujah! It causes the heart of poverty to fail, to collapse, to melt. Amen. Because He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Amen. Whenever the enemy we are you are facing today, God's miracle working power is to cause the enemy's heart to fail it so that you can go over to the place of God's provision for your life because this trial isn't about where you've been. This trial is about where you're going. This circumstance and this storm of life this Red Sea is not to stop you. It It is there to limit you. It is there to hinder you. It is there to keep you where you are. But when God shows up and performs a miracle in your life the limitation is removed for you to go to the other side of what God has already already ordained and purposed for your life so I come tonight on a Wednesday night to tell somebody that is facing a Jordan, that is facing a storm, amen, don't give up and don't turn back but hold on to the promise of God speak what God has already done over your life by the blood of the Lamb, tell your testimony, silence your adversary and say I'm about to go to the other side of this Jordan and get my cane and get my promise get the milk and the honey and i'm not stopping until i get there hallelujah if that's for you just give god some kind of praise right there amen amen jamie i'm done that's your sign brother that's your sign some theologians say that the waters of the Jordan River were cut off. I believe when God does a miracle in our life that he cuts off the life supply of our enemy. And he brings a miracle to us right in the face of our adversary. Amen. Why? Because when God goes to bless you, he don't have to take you to the backside and hide you, but he can prepare a table before you. In the presence of your enemy. You know what that means, right? Have you, ever, have you ever been so concerned about things? When you're so concerned about things, I don't know about you, but even as much as I like it, I, I can't eat. When I get nervous, my appetite goes. When I get concerned about things, I don't want to eat. I don't care what it is. I'm not hungry, huh? But do you think about this? He said, I'm going to prepare a table before you in the presence. Such peace, huh? Such comfort, such assurance that even in the presence of your enemy, you can sit down and eat. With your adversary all around you. There they are. There they are. There they are. But it's okay. Because I've got covered with the blood of the lamb. And I've already got a testimony. <laughs> that he's been good to me. He's saved me. He's healed me. He's delivered me. And God's just prepared this for me right here. And I'm just going to sit down. And I'm going to eat right here. In the presence of my adversary hallelujah I don't know who I've come to talk to tonight but I think I've come to say to somebody God's wanting to perform a miracle for you so that number one he'll be glorified in the earth advance his purpose so that you'll be a testimony on your behalf and you can share that testimony with others and as you do you will silence your adversary but also to bring a fear and a reverential fear back to the house of God and into America where that they once again fear God, that he is God. And then to cause the hearts of our enemies, our adversaries to fail. He wants to do it for us. He wants to do it for us. So if you just stand with me here tonight for a moment. Jamie, I don't know what you've got picked there, but father i just pray tonight in this place it'll be a free place it would be a safe place god that where folks would not feel the darts of accusations or accusing one another but god a safe place to say god here i am and i need you i need you i need a miracle in my life God, I thank you for what has been. I thank you for what you've already done. But God, I'm standing before a Red Sea and I need you to open it for me tonight. God, I need direction. I need purpose. Our spirit of God, whatever it is, just release your word and release this place tonight to receive. And I pray, Father, that miraculous things will take place in this house. In the name of Jesus. (laughs) In the name of Jesus. Praise God. As Jamie sing something tonight, whatever's on your heart, Jamie. I wonder how many tonight say, Pastor Brian, you know what? That's that that was right there. That right there was for me. I'm gonna take that. If that's you tonight, I just want you to come. I want to put my faith with yours and just come on and let's agree together. Let's just believe God for miracles, miracles, miracles.